0: Welcome. This is Cobblestone Community Church podcast. This week Jeremiah and George speaks on the importance of knowing and obeying the word of God. We are thankful that you joined us this week. We hope that the Lord ministers to your heart and that you know that he loves you and he is for you. Enjoy the message. All right. All right. Guys, I am going to jump in this who's been doing the reading plan? Raise your hand. All right, all right. Well, do the reading plan. <laughs> that was a lot of love, wasn't it? Um, the reading plan is what we've been doing here at Cobblestone. We've been going through the book. You hear Andrew, we talked, he talked through Leviticus a lot. And then last week, the message came from Numbers. Well, this message today, in fact, comes from the reading plan. And if you were following it day to day, this was Tuesday's reading. So Tuesday's reading was Numbers 33, um, you you kind of end up in there, and and so I'm just going to jump right into this, and read it, and and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get after it. Okay, so Numbers 33, and I want the only part I want you to read with me today is 50 through 56, and we're gonna preach from that text. And the Lord spoke to Moses in the plains of Moab by the Jordan at Jericho, saying, "Speak to the people of Israel." And say to them, When you pass over the Jordan into the land of Canaan, then you shall drive out all the inhabitants of the land from before you, and destroy all the figured stones, and destroy all their metal images, and demolish all their high places. And you shall take possession of the land and settle in it, for I have given the land to you to possess it. You shall inherit the land by a lot according to your clans. To a large tribe you shall give a large inheritance, and to a small tribe you shall give a small inheritance. Wherever the lot falls for anyone, that shall be his. According to the tribes of your fathers, you shall inherit. Now listen, but if you do not drive out the inhabitants of the land from before you, then those of them whom you let remain shall be as barbs in your eyes, thorns in your sides, and they shall trouble you in the land where you dwell." And I will do to you as I thought to do to them. And let's pray over that. Lord, I thank you, God, for your word. I thank you, God, that there's a message even in numbers. I thank you, God, that you, you spoke this to me. I pray, Lord God, that our ears are open. I pray our hearts are open. I pray, Lord Jesus, that this would not fall upon hard hearts. I pray, Lord Jesus, this word would bring conviction and help and challenge and encouragement But Jesus, will you use it? Will you use my mouth this morning? Take this wherever you want it to go. In your name, amen. All right, (laughs) spoiler alert. The Israelites do not do what God commands them to do. Okay, flip over to Judges. I went through a study of Judges this past summer with some friends and it, it was by J.D. Greer, great study, First I've ever heard of him is a really cool study. But anyways, what you see in Judges is kind of what the Israelites' pattern was that from, that, from not obeying the warning. So you'll see in verse 2, or chapter 2, verse 1 says, Now the angel of the Lord went up from Gilgal, and this is in Judges, to Botcham, and he said, I brought you up from Egypt and brought you into the land that I swore to give to your fathers. I said, I will never break my covenant with you. It's God. And you shall make no covenant with the inhabitants of this land. You shall make no covenant with the inhabitants of this land. You shall break down their altars, but you have not obeyed my voice. What is this you have done? So now I say, I will not drive them out before you, but they shall become thorns in your sides, and their God shall be a snare to you. As soon as the angel of the Lord spoke these words to all the people of Israel, the people lifted up their voice and wept, and they called the name of the, Lord, of the place Bacham, and they sacrificed there to the Lord. So do you see what had happened here? Um, you know, 30, 40 years later, they didn't do what was commanded to them from Moses. Like, they didn't do it. So... How do you preach from this? And so, what, 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 those Israelites, let's, let's just be straight honest. When you read the Old Testament, you kind of read all this. They, they leave Egypt and they do this and they're always wandering, they're always sinning, they're always forgetting and they're always being, being nasty, right? Those Israelites are the worst, aren't they? Can we agree that the Israelites are the worst? (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Uh, listen, those Israelites are God's chosen people brought out of slavery led by the Lord, spoken to by God, protected by God. Wait a minute. We're the Israelites. We're God's promised people, are we not? So it's super easy to point and say they're so bad. They forget God's goodness so quickly. They deny, they disobey, they walk away. They do it so often. But then, if we really look at the Bible, and we look at ourselves, and we look at Christianity today, I think it doesn't take very far to look to say, we do the exact same thing. We do the exact same thing. We're constantly walking away from God. We're constantly disobeying the word. We're constantly doing these things. So listen, um, today's message is going to have some weight on it, because like what Andrew said last week, he talked about uh, sin has consequences, right? Right? And really the big idea, kill your sin, see God. And <laughs> Numbers is not the most encouraging book, but it's truth. And so in this church, and I like this about this church, we don't just cherry pick. We love to encourage you. We love to lift you up. But there, the, the, the word of God is the word of God, and there are warnings in the word of God, right? The word of God teaches us about consequences and, and, and such things, like the guy picking up sticks, right? Last week, picking up sticks, right? Anyways, so yay for Jeremiah. I'm going to push on you guys a little bit. My prayer, my prayer for you guys is not that you feel condemned. It could very easily swing into, I feel condemned, Jeremiah. You made me feel like a loser Christian. Not my hope. My hope, truthfully, through the power of the Holy Spirit and the grace of God, is that you feel convicted. See, conviction is a good thing. Convicted. Lord, convict me. So can everybody right now that loves Jesus say, Lord, convict me. Woo! Careful what you ask for. Careful what you ask for. All right. So here's some questions I want to put your mind on as I go into this new. I'm bringing the New Testament here on top of this. So, where have you compromised? Where have you compromised your walk with Jesus? Where do you compromise? Where do you compromise or struggle? Where are we not submitting to what God says in Scripture? Where are we not submitting, not submitting, not placing that word over our life to what God has said in Scripture? Okay, look, Numbers 33. I'm going to teach from that and, and, and bring this into to, to perspective. Okay, so the, what, what were they supposed to do when they went into Canaan? What were the children of Israel supposed to do? Notice that 52 says, "Then you," verse 52, if you want to put it up there, 52 in verse chapter 33. Then you shall drive out all the inhabitants of the land from before you, and destroy all their figured stones, destroy all their metal images, and demolish all their high places. Drive out, destroy, destroy, and demolish. Listen, get rid of the Canaanites their idols, and the places they worship their God. Get rid of it. Get it out. Listen, 1 Corinthians 3, 9 and 16. I want you to just look at this. I'm gonna transfer Old Testament to New Testament here a little bit for us. 1 Corinthians 3, verse nine says, for we are God's fellow workers. You and I are God's field, God's building. Oh, wait a minute. We're God's property. We're God's. So look at 16. Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him for God's temple is holy and you are that temple. So I'm trying to change your mind from a land and a people to a person and, and, and your walk. So Colossians 3 says it this way. Colossians 3 verse 1. Let me get there. Colossians 3, verse 1. If then you have been raised with Christ, that's Christian, Christ's follower, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died and your life, your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is your life appears, then you also will appear with him. That basically established you love Jesus. You've repented of your sin. He is your Lord. You're his territory. You're his property. You're his and he's yours. But then, I like this, Paul basically says what I believe was told to the, the Israelites, what they should have done is what we should be doing. Once you're God... Once you're his, once you're God's, and you're his property, look at verse 5. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. Well, I I thought Jesus is going to put that to death. No, Jesus takes you to heaven. Jesus has saved you. Jesus has bought, he's made you right, right? It's a faith work. It's not a works work. So be careful of that. But listen, once you're his, there's some responsibility on your behalf through the power and the mercy and the teaching of the word of God and the power of God to take some responsibility. What's your responsibility here? Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in who? In you. Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these things, the wrath of God is coming. In these, you too once walked when you were living in them. I love this because it's like, there's an idea that I can be a Christian and there is no change, there's no repentance, there's no turning. That idea has to die. When you meet Jesus, you are new in Christ. All things are new, but your behavior and your life and your walk starts to change. Amen. We have to get back to that thinking and that preaching and that believing. That doesn't mean you don't have a struggle. That doesn't mean you don't have some shortcomings. That doesn't mean you don't have some places that the enemy and you are, are, it's still a fight. But I am tired of Christians who say, I know Jesus and they've not repented of one thing. They don't follow the word of God. We have to get, that's not following Jesus. Jesus calls us to repentance and repentance calls us to put to death the things in our flesh. Amen? Amen? All right, now we're getting some amens. guys had me nervous. <laughs> getting nervous, ah, whatever. But anyways, so he says, get rid of these things. Get rid of these things. There's a conversion, there's a change. And, and one of the ways I know a person loves Jesus is when they could tell me what I used to be like. Right? What I used to do. I, I love that. Man, that blesses my heart when I see you were and now you are. Now there's also, this is dumb, but I'm gonna say it because I like kids. (laughs) There's like a Wolverine thing, all right? Does anybody like X-Men? I do. I'm a nerd about that stuff. All right. So sometimes in our flesh, when we're putting things to death, we have a Wolverine thing going on. What's a Wolverine thing? A regeneration. Anybody ever watch Wolverine? You know, every guy that wants to be a stud watches Wolverine. You know, the Hugh Jackman coming out and he flexes like this and the bullets are falling out. What has happened is he died... But regeneration, the bullets are popping out. And that's kind of what goes on in our flesh. You put to death some things. You, you meet Jesus and you're like, I'm done with that. But that sinful nature has a, a Wolverine mind and it starts to, oh, I'm going to flex, pop, pop, pop. And you're like, wait a minute. What is this? I, I, I'm, okay, you can't find the Wolverine thing in the Bible. So if you go looking for that, you will not find that. It's actually not even my notes because it's so stupid, but I had to say it anyways. All right, back at it. But now, okay, God is coming. Colossians, put to death on the account of these things In these you two once walked, where you were living in them. But now you must put them all away. Put, put, but now you must put them all away. Put some of them away. All. You got to hear this. Why? This is for your benefit. This is Remember the scripture that this came from, from the numbers thing, right? This is going to be a problem if you don't deal with this. The Canaanites are going to be a problem if you don't deal with this. These sins are going to be a problem if you don't deal with these. Amen? So he says, but now you must put them all away, all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices. Put off. Take it off. It's not you any longer, Christian. And have put on the new self, which is being what? Renewed in the knowledge after the image of its creator. We are learning the Bible. That's why we sit under teaching. That's why we sit under good Bible teaching. It changes you, and you say, I'm supposed to be this way, not this way. So there's clear clarity, and then you start to say, all right, Lord, I want to live this way, not that way. Here there is not Greek, Jew, circumcised, uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. And I love that because it evens the playing field. In God's eyes, we're all the same. Woo, we're all the same. 1 Peter 2 says, get rid, same thing, get Peter, right? Get rid of all evil behavior and be done with deceit, hypocrisy, jealousy, and all unkind speech. Get rid, drive it out. Get the Canaanites out of the land. Get the sin out of your life. Get it out. Get rid. Get rid. And here's the thing. We have a tendency making excuses, right? Well, that's my nature. We're angry by nature. My family's angry. We're Italian. We're hotheads. We're this. Do you see the lies that Satan has planted in our lives? And so we let things, well, insecurity just runs in my, picking bad men. My family, our, we all pick bad men. Get rid of that thinking, and in Jesus' name, pick good men, godly men, right for the ladies, right? So, <laughs> I, I you, you tell me you're not seeing this. Tell me you're not doing this. I'm doing it. Well, we're always we're always, we're just we're, we're 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 just a critical family. We criticize everything. It's just who we are. It's how I grew up. That's what. Get rid of it, Jeremiah. Get rid of it. If you're a hillbilly, and I like hillbilly. It would be like that stray dog or that raccoon. You say, go on, get, right? You're like, go on, get, get, go on, get, sin. (laughs) Somehow you got to slow, you get out of here, sin. I don't know, but that's what we got to do, man, okay? Listen, (laughs) get the enemy out of God's property, You're gods, I'm gods. Get the enemy out. Don't make excuses for it any longer. Don't allow it to be in there. Don't do what the Israelites did. Next point. How do we not compromise like the Israelites did? How do we do this? How do we embrace the how do we recognize we have a compromising attitude? Well, let's face that. James 1 12, let's just James 1 verse 12. Let's look at this. We got a lot of James to cover today. James is a Straight to the point book. James chapter 1, verse 12. Remember, how do we not compromise? I say this, know where compromise comes from. Know where compromise comes from. 12 says, blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood, the test will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. Okay? Your temptation, your struggle, it's not from God. But each person, each you and I person is tempted when he or she is lured and enticed by their own desire. Then desire, when it is conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. Where does compromise come from, church? Within your desire. Compromise starts in you. When God has said, do this, and that compromise, that spirit of sin, that thing, it starts starts inside. Starts inside. That starts with what? Being allured away. I don't, I, don't, I don't want to believe that. I want this. Right? The Canaanites did it this way. They started compromising by maybe thinking the ladies of Canaan weren't so bad looking. And so they started, you know, getting with them. <laughs> Anyways, they weren't supposed to. They were supposed to have them out. They weren't even supposed to have them around. But do you see, compromise came from within. The Canaanites aren't so bad. They started thinking like that. Maybe I can do business with the Canaanites. We're making money from the Canaanites. We got, right? Let's, they're not so bad. Compromise came from within for them. Compromise comes from within for us. Listen, church, what desires are tempting you to compromise God's plan or his words? What desires, what's going on inside you right now because there's always something, If there's always something working on us because we still are living in this flesh. There's always something saying compromise this. You don't need to spend so much time with God. You don't need to know all, you don't need to, you know, your wife, you don't need a leader that way. Your husband, you don't need, what's working? What's working on you? Our compromise battle is, is is the number one battle you and I have with our compromise is the person who looks back at you every day. Remember this. We off the tape, that's Satan, that's Satan, that devil, dag on that devil. Yeah, Satan stinks. Satan's a we, we we hate Satan. And he's a problem. But Satan plays you against you. Right? He's a tempter. You're the sinner. Amen? He sets it up but it's your choice, it's your choice, and so many people give him more credit than than he deserves, okay, so who looks back in the mirror, (laughs) hopefully it's yourself, right, so the war is within, so we have to follow and obey God's word, and follow and obey, This this is kind of the debate, When you start to spend some time in this, you'll find things that are difficult to understand and difficult to obey, and you're like, oh, I don't want to do that. Then you have a choice. It starts working on the inside. Do I obey or do I disobey? Do I submit or do I start to work on a plan that I can justify not following this word? Okay? James 4.1. I'm going to go into this. Hopefully this will help you out a little. James... Just flip a page over. Chapter 4, verse 1. What causes quarrels? What causes fights among you? Remember, these, these, this is what I told Heather. I said, I was so shocked by this. We have a tendency to read these scriptures and think this had to be written to nonbelievers. No, this was written to the church. You and I, These are written to the church. What causes quarrels? What causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? Just what I said. Your passions are at war within you. You desire and you do not have, so you murder. You covet and you cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and you do not receive because you ask wrongly. So spend it on your passions. And then he says, you adulterous people. Do you not know this? That's some heavy stuff. That's some painful scripture there. But he's really addressing a group of people that you start to see these behaviors. Guess what? We're starting to see, we're starting to see sin. We're starting to see the the flesh rise up. We're starting to see people uh, not running things, not putting things out and getting rid of things. Okay. You know, this is one of the biggest problems we start to have. And this is, this is unfortunately taken over so much and in so many churches, you not know that friendship with the world is enmity or against God. Friendship with the world is enmity with God. Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Do you not suppose it is to no purpose that the scripture says he yearns jealousy over the spirit that he has made to dwell in us, but he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Guys, constantly, you and I have worldly friends. We are to think different. We Christians are to behave different. We are to walk different. Our marriages should look different. Our finances should look different. When we start to think the world's got it figured out, we start to enter into all sorts of craziness, right? Friends of the world. There's got to be a difference between the believers and the, follow, the followers of Jesus and the world. But so often, Christians are so afraid to make a stand or say something or do something, and they're like, well, I don't, I don't want my worldly friends thinking less of me. I'm worried how they're going to perceive me. I'm worried, so I just compromise. I'll go along with it, and I know it's kind of, kind of bending the Scripture. It's kind of, well, I don't think that, you know. Therefore, God opposes the proud. But he gives more grace. That's in that encouraging right there? He gives more grace. But he gives more grace. <laughs> we need grace every day. Thank you, Jesus, for grace, for help, for pointing this out, for giving us words like this, for speaking to us, for bringing conviction to us. Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. One of the ways you can start to really fight this thing is being humble. Everything, I'm, I, I really am convinced hum- humility needs to be taught probably every day in a church. Humility, it will fix so much. Humility, brokenness, just realizing you're, you're not this, you're this. And, and, and approach God lowly and humbly and broken. and Approach this word and say, speak to me, Lord. I know I'm wrong. Will you, will you correct me? Just being humble. Humble with your friends. Humble with your life. Humble in your job. Humble, it's hard to do. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. There's a promise there. Humble yourself before the Lord. So to get rid of all that worldliness, get rid of all that, you've got to humble yourself before who? Before me? No, before God, okay? Humble yourself before the Lord and he will exalt you. All right, and this is my last point. I'm not going to wear us all out today. All right, I think i got a little bit of time. Take a drink, I'm sweating. Third point is this. How do we make it in the world we're in? How do we make it? Remember, we got to get the stuff out. We recognize the battles within, right? Said a lot to say that. The struggles on the inside. Now, how do we make it? Have we recognized those places and we acknowledge that? Jeremiah, how do we, how do, we do this? If I was 10, what would I tell you? If I was 70, what would I tell you? This is, this is not profound. This is truth, though. Obey God. How do we make it, Christians? I'm gonna say it, say it again. How do we make it, Christians? There is, <laughs> that is so simple, but so hard to do. Because remember, they wouldn't have gotten into any of the issues they got into. They would have obeyed God. God spoke through Moses, said, do this and don't do this. And they didn't obey God. They didn't obey God. How do we make it in the world we're in? Obey God, trust him, trust him over everyone and everything you read, you hear, someone says, trust and obey, for there's no other way, amen? I think there's a song about that. <laughs> James 1, look at this, James 1, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preach at you a little bit, 19 through 25. James 1, 19 through 25, and this is healthy. Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick. How do you, this this spirit of Jeremiah, okay, yeah, obey God. How, 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 how? Let, this is one of the ways. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak. I need that one, I speak too much. Slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, here it is again, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and what? And receive with meekness. Meekness runs very close to humility too. Meekness, the what? Implanted word, which is able to save your soul. Implanted word, this, the word taught, spoken in you. Let it take root. Let it grow. Let it flourish. Don't don't suffocate it. Listen, but be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror, for he looks at himself and goes away at once, forgets what he looks like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, the law, the perfect law, the law of liberty, freedom, and pers- perseveres, perseveres. That's a thought there. This doesn't come just overnight, does it? Does it? Perseveres. Are you guys ready to fight the fight? Are you ready? Because here's what's going to happen. I'm going to obey the Bible, Jeremiah, and I'm going to obey it to a T, and I'm going to do great. And you're going to be like trucking right along, and then all of a sudden you're going to gossip or get angry or lust or do something or say something, and then you're going to be like, I didn't obey the Bible. And, And what do you do? Do you give up? No, you repent talk to Jesus, invite him into it, and persevere. Get back going, get back doing it. That's what we do as Christians. Nobody's got this thing figured out, but we keep going because we understand we need to be doers of the word. Doers, doers of the word. You know how many people know their Bible way better than me? A lot. <laughs> You're like, like, probably 700, no, a lot of people. But here's the, here's the missing thing. that I, A lot of my friends know the Bible better than me, but they won't obey it. The Christian that gets the fruit in their life, the Christian that starts to see God do great things, obeys it. They submit to it. Even the hard stuff. Even the difficult stuff. The difficult stuff, right? Perseveres, but, be, but being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts. He will be blessed in his doing. That right there, you'll be blessed. Can you be a person that when you hear the Bible, taught, when you hear scripture taught, you could say, amen, I'll follow that. I'll repent, that's not gonna be an easy battle because I know the battle was in on that one. Listen, Numbers 33, 55 said it this way to those guys. If you don't do what I command, these Canaanites will be barbs in your eyes and thorns in your sides. They shall trouble you in the land and I will do to you as I thought to do to them. What he was basically saying is you can compromise but it's going to cause you pain. Now, this is very important for for us. You can compromise, and I really believe this, right? You're his. You're bought by a price. That's in Jesus. But so many Christians refuse to obey these teachings. And they they bring barbs in their eyes. They bring thorns in their sides. They bring difficulties in their life. Because they, they, they think they know better. What am I talking about? I know believers who have decided in certain areas to disobey and not care enough to number one, not care enough to learn what this says. Not care enough. Oh, I'm gonna step on some toes. Here's the truth. There's consequences, there's chastisement to God those who God loves. But listen, there's hope and love and forgiveness in Jesus. It's true. But people make it harder when they disobey the word of God than it should be and it needs to be. The trust and obey. Can you trust and obey God in your marriage? I, I, can you trust and obey? Yes, I can. Well, guys, there's scriptures and lots of it about wives submitting to their husbands. Yeah, he said that. I just said that. It's their own husband and we could teach on it and I'm not going into that, but just that scripture alone has gotten so many, and we, Heather and I have been in Bible studies with wonderful young women, and praise God, one girl said, I said that, I said, that's what the Bible says, she says, I really don't want to buy into that, I don't really want to believe that, you know what, she was, she was being real, and I like that, and I appreciate that, we're not, we're not angry, that's where she was at, and maybe she had a, a bum dad, right? Maybe she had bad guy situations in her life. Maybe she's been hurt. There's a lot of reasons why she may not want to understand or understand that that's what the Bible says. But she, if she wants to follow the word of God, she has to follow the word of God. I should be getting a couple amens. Because that's what it, you see. It's easy to obey until it's tough. It's easy. That woman says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, Heather and I try to teach our girls. I'm raising three girls, right? And the truth is, is that scriptures and, and they don't, my older one doesn't love that because it's like, ah, and it's it's not it's not a jerk scripture, right? It's been it's been manipulated, it's been abused, it's been thrown out there, and I don't believe in any of that, because also you you would tie that together with men should love their wives like Jesus loves the church, laying their life down for them, amen. So if I don't if I believe one, I should believe the other. If I love Heather, I should believe both. But see, here's what happens is maybe we have a wife that believes one and the husband doesn't, so then we got all sorts of issues. But what what would work best? What is God's defining power and wonderful way is when we have a woman that says, I'm willing to submit to my husband and love him and serve him. And when we have a man, I'm not great at this, but I want to love her like Jesus loves the church. And let me tell you folks, it works. It works. I have friends that have decided to not buy into that. I kid you not. I mean, marriage, money. Oh, money, money, money. See, see these are the big things, right? I honor God with my money. First fruits, 10%. Well, what's this say? See how it gets crazy? But it's easy to obey <laughs> The simple stuff. But when when it comes to the tough scriptures, raising your kids. Raising your kids. There's scripture on it. There are scriptures on every big thing in your life. Do you know what this says, number one? And then do you obey this? Have you decided, determined in your heart, I'm going to be a Bible-believing Christian? Because right now in the culture we're in, that's almost a cuss word a Bible-believing Christian that says, this is the word of God, and I'm not walking away from it. This is the word of God. This is the word of God. I must obey it. I must not compromise. Sure, there's interpretation and scripture judging scripture and we could talk for hours about all that stuff. There's closed hand arguments and there's open hand arguments and we're not going into any of that today. But the reality of this is the word of God and we must obey it. And young people, this will do you well to obey. I met Heather, this is just crazy Jeremiah. I start getting real with God and submitting to God and the Lord told me to start looking for a wife, not a girlfriend. I was right around 18 years old, give or take. In Bible college, and he said, Look for a wife, not a girlfriend. There's a difference. (laughs) For Jeremiah, there was. Um, And here's the difference girlfriend was pretty, fun to be around, and I enjoyed her company. A wife in Christianity needed to be able to follow this big difference. So the Lord started really challenging, and I kid you not, I spoke to this, and so I went out with her, in one of our, I think probably our first date, I hit her with the, I said babe. I didn't say babe, I'd say babe now. I would have creeped her out if I said babe then. <laughs> hey, babe. Hey, I call all the girls babe, no worries. <laughs> I said, what's your take on wives submitting to husbands? That's a fun conversation to have on date number one, right? Jeez, that was but here's, here's why I was doing it. And it wasn't to be bully, it wasn't to be a jerk, because I knew she was pretty, she had all the girlfriend material, but did she have wife material? I needed in my life, and I knew this, I didn't know a lot, but I knew one thing at an early age, that this book's right, and I'm gonna follow it. I'm gonna do my best to follow it. And when I find out I'm not, I'm gonna repent and turn and follow it the best, best way I can. And you know what? She's like, yo, if it's in the Bible, she's a scripture and verse girl anyway. She started beating me up. I, would, I came from some charismatic beliefs in the past where they just make up some stuff. They do. And, and she'd say, her saying for years was, scripture and verse, scripture and verse. Show me the scripture and verse, right? And it's good. She's the scripture and verse girl. So if I come to her and I say, hey, you know, claim this or do that, and she's like, scripture and verse. And I'm like, dang, you're hard to deal with. But no, <laughs> It works. It works, right? So we, we, she and I have tried, we, we, we read it, we follow it, we trust it. And so I'm sitting here in front of you guys and I hope you know that I love this church and I'm an elder of this church and as elders, we're trying to follow the Bible. We are not perfect. So if you expect us to be perfect, sorry, we're gonna let you down. But we're trying. We read this and we say, Lord, what's this say to us? We're trying to get under the word. We're trying to submit to the word. We want to be a Bible-believing church, a Bible-following church, a Bible-obeying church, okay? The Bible has something to say about everything important in your life. I'm sitting here and testifying of that, and I'm going to close with just a couple verses because I think the Word of God is so important, and that was kind of my plea. I plea with you guys. That's how serious this is. Don't believe me. Believe the Bible. Can we... Can you do that? That's... You know, in the in in the world that you guys are in, some of it you're being bombarded how wrong the Bible is. And it's gonna take a while. Don't be down on yourself if you if you say, Well, I struggle, Jeremiah, I believe in the Bible. That's okay. Take your questions, your doubts to the Lord in prayer. Spend time with him. The Holy Spirit is tied in this and he loves you and he's in you and, and 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 the Spirit of the Lord will help you trust the word. That doesn't just happen overnight. I can get up here and say, I love my wife like Jesus loves the church. But let me tell you, friends, that's not always been the case. There's moments where I drop the ball. It's, it's a constant struggle. So don't, don't buy into that we one and done. It's, a, all right, Holy Spirit, show me where I need to submit. Show me what I need to do. Show me where I need to follow more, right? All right, Hebrews 4. And I say this, I think, I, every time I preach, I really usually bring it back to this because it's, it's probably one of my favorites. But this part is 12. 4.12 says, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. The word of God. When you read it, this is, this is the beauty. It's active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and the intention of the heart. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. The word of God, remember, be a doer, follow it, let it speak to you. For some of you, this is a big homework assignment. It's why this Bible reading plan is good. Even numbers has something to say. <laughs> it does. Now listen, this one, this is why, this is, this, this is the reason. Sometimes you just need the why. Since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. Jesus, the son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy, find grace to help in time of need. Jesus has got you. Lean on him. Trust him. Bring him all your doubt. Bring him all your you're, well, I don't like that, and I disagree with that, and I, will you speak to me? But bring it humbly. Bring it humbly and say, Lord, what about this? What about that? How do I deal with this situation? When you read the Bible, bring it to Jesus. Speak to me through this. Show me your will in this. He will. He will help you. And I close. um, Band, if you want to come up, that would be really cool. I'm gonna read this because it was the end of Colossians. I read the beginning with the put off, or put, you know, get get rid of these things, put to death. And so Colossians uh, finished with twelve or seventeen. The beginning too is so important. Three one. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above. Can we do that today? Can we set our mind on things that are above? Not on things that are on the earth, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you you also will appear with him. Now skip down. Remember, we got rid of a bunch of stuff. We're facing all that nastiness and we're getting rid of it. Now here's what we put on instead. Put on then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. Boy, we have to do that a lot, don't we? As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, above all, put on love which binds everything together in perfect harmony and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body. Be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another. Sometimes you are the one another's. Sometimes it's not me getting up here and saying, you need to change this, work on this. You guys have a voice. And when you see a friend, when you see a a, a person that loves Jesus walking in a disobedience to the Bible, find a way in meekness, in kindness, in gentleness to correct them. There's power in that. There's goodness in that. That's what we're supposed to do. Admonishing each other. Encouraging each other. Walking this life together. I need you and you need me. We, you know that? We need each other. It's the way this works. Here there is not Greek, Jews, circum... Oh, sorry, I bounced up. Whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. Ah, oh, I love that. Go home with this. Whatever you do, Today, this week, whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. Give thanks to God the Father through him. If you need prayer, if you feel like I touched on something and, you know, the Bible says confess your faults one to another, sometimes you just need to confess. I, I really thought this. If you came with a Christian, be bold enough to confess to that believer. Confess one to another. Get that relationship going. I got people in my life that I can talk real to. I can really confess things. I hope you have that. Get that. But if you need prayer, there'll be a, a couple up here and there'll be a couple there and there'll be people in the prayer room. Don't leave carrying something that you just need to talk to Jesus about. And sometimes getting someone just to, to, to pray over you. Sometimes you need someone to talk to. That's what we're here for too. So we love you guys. If you're gonna, If you, if you want to get out of here get out of here but we're gonna minister we're gonna have a couple songs just kind of just these are the way we're trying to end these services and let the Lord let the Holy Spirit just do what he wants to do so let's just sit and let the Lord work on us how about that Lord I thank you God that you are faithful I thank you God for today I thank you God for your word I pray Lord Jesus that there is there is conviction there is repentance there is freedom but Lord I also pray that there's hope there's hope nothing's too big, nothing's too scary, nothing's too dark, you would breathe hope into the, the, the hearers of this message. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us this week. We hope that the Word of God and the Spirit of God ministered to your heart and that you are encouraged and that you draw closer to the Lord this week. Have a great week. And if you need more information about events or things happening at Cobblestone Church, you can check us out at www.cobblestonechurch.com. And you can also check us out on Facebook and Instagram. Have a great week. God bless.